Mustafi. Everyone knows I'm the man in Ring of Honor. I am the cream of the crop. And I come all the way to Japan, fly 24 hours to get my ass here. You put me on with Brenda Rita. Ah, ah. No good. No good. If you're impressed by tonight, you just wait. You just wait to see what the villain has in store for tomorrow. Well, Roman, what a night this has been for you. First of all, opening Monday Night Raw, being able to stand in that ring and tell the WWE Universe you're finally in remission. And then getting to get back into the ring, this time in action, alongside Seth Rollins. What has this whole night been like for you? This night's been incredible. You know, I'm, I feel like I sat around and thought about how this would go for a long time, what I would say. And to be honest, I was so nervous and I was so, like, choked up and just so, like, emotional at the time that... I just hope it came off well, and I hope that, you know, everybody knows exactly how grateful I am. And, you know, the second half of the night was cool because I felt like we were able to show them through action that I, you know, exactly how much better I'm doing. So, you know, hopefully after, you know, seeing me go through some physicality and, and kick some ass, hopefully they can tell that, yeah, he is much better. He's, he's doing better. He's looking better. He's moving better. So hopefully, you know, just snowball effect and people will stop worrying about me and we'll just deflect all this beautiful energy that's been sent to me and just use it to help others. What's it like for you to talk to the WWE Universe and really just feel how touched they are to have you back and really how emotional they were all getting seeing you back inside that ring earlier it was awesome you know and you've heard it and seen it with me i'm a bit of a polarizing character at times and um just to see everybody put away their opinion and their critiques and just put love behind you know what they were sending to me it was awesome you know and i'll never forget it um and i'll always feel like that that's my family out there the way they they supported me the way that they had my back it was like we can pick on this guy sometimes, but nobody else can, including cancer. So it was really nice to see everybody rally behind me and then to kind of crescendo it tonight. That was the cherry on top. You look great. Everything about tonight has been nothing short of perfection on your end. But was there ever a moment on this journey where you didn't think you were going to get back to this point? You know, I always had faith. I was scared, like I said out there. I was terrified of this because um, you just never know. You, you know what I mean? I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm... I'm, I'm in God's hands at that point, you know, hoping that, you know, my medical team can make things happen, and they did. Um, but I always had faith. I always knew. I just didn't know when, you know. I've never had, you know, a situation like this to this extent, you know, to where my body really felt it. I was a much younger man the first time, you know, 22 years old, just spry, spring chicken. Um, I've been on the road now for six, almost seven years. Um, so I could tell that the, you know, the energy drop was totally different, but to be able to bounce back, um, it was just completely godsend. I'm just so, I mean, I'm ecstatic about it. It's, it doesn't even feel real at this point, you know what I mean? It feels like I might be going to Disney World or something, you know? So it's, it's, it's been really cool. Well, I know it might be a little too early to ask, but when you plan on uh, picking that uh, Universal Championship back up? I feel like I got a long ways to go, um, and right now it's not really about the titles. It's just about being in the ring, being with my fans, you know, entertaining them, you know, supporting this company and, uh, you know, just being a part of the show. That's what I miss the most is just being back here, being with everybody, the camaraderie. Um, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time 
building these relationships, and I just want to see them through, and I want to see it all the way to the end. Well, Roman, welcome back. Everyone's happy to have you. Thanks. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 145 of the Hoots Podcast. It's your truly Josh Lopez. Starting off the early portions of this podcast by myself, you'll hear the velveteen tones of the one and only Adam Daly. Later on, the podcast has going through some busy stuff that he has to get to, so we had to record a little earlier conversation where we broke down everything that was going on with Raw and SmackDown this week uh, from Atlanta. Big Big WWE weekend over this past week. A really good week of Raw and SmackDown. Talked about Batista. Talked about Kevin Owens coming back and replacing Kofi Kingston at Fastlane. Talked about uh, Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch going after each other on Twitter. Uh, Tattoo stories. Bunch of good stuff. Good conversation you'll hear later on in the podcast. But do us a favor really quick as you're listening to this right now. Make sure to subscribe to the Hoots Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We have our shows brought to you by Anchor.fm. If you want to start your podcast, you want to do something like I'm doing right now as I'm talking to you, you can do it. Nobody's stopping you. You can start your own podcast right now. Go to Anchor.fm slash start. That's Anchor.fm slash start and get your podcast going today. So, as I'm here with you uh, this week as we do the podcast every single week, I'm here to do the monologue, as we call it in the business, our opening intro. Uh, maybe a little soliloquy for you to get uh, my thoughts on what's going on in my life personally and some other non-WW-related topics as we're going to talk about right now. So, let's start off with baseball, actually. Okay? Before we record the podcast today, I found out that Bryce Harper signed a 13-year... $333 million contract to the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, shout out to the good brother Anthony DeStefano and every fan of the city of Philadelphia, even though I think your city is trash. Um, hashtag Philly is trash and will remain trash uh, as far as life goes on, at least for me personally. But uh, shout out to the good brother. I'm, I'm happy for him. He's a big Phillies fan. Um, I'm just joking around. Um, yeah, but Bryce Harper exceeded Manny Machado's contract as everybody was expecting it to happen. And, um, yeah, 13 years for one team, $333 million. To think about it, it's it's really a big commitment. You know, Phillies are in the middle of a rebuild, and they brought in a lot of people, this Aussies, like JT Real Muto from the Marlins. Um, They signed Andrew McCushion. Third free agency, uh, David Robinson, who used to pitch for the White Sox, my favorite baseball team. And I, I just thought it was interesting that they're going about this this way, giving out $333 million contracts like it's nothing. <laughs> 
like it's like giving out super donuts, right? You, um, yeah, Manny Machado, you get three hundred million dollars. Bryce Harper, you get three hundred thirty million dollars. Uh, Mike Trout, you get four hundred million dollars. You get one, you get one, you get one. It's like Oprah just passing out super donuts out to everybody, you know. Um, well, this past week in Chicago has been really weird and really bad. We talked about it a little bit last week with the whole Jesse Millette thing and R. Kelly. I'm not even going to get into that right now. Uh, yeah, it's it, it was a weird week in Chicago, but uh, not only weird just with the people acting a fool here, but it's just the weather has been up and down. And I've been living here my entire life, so I'm not complaining. This is something I'm used to. Uh, I'm just more accustomed for the last couple of winters. It's been more bipolar than it's been for the last couple of years. That's all I'm saying. Um, there's a couple things I wanted to get off my chest before we get into the conversation with Adam. Uh, I want to start off with New Japan Pro Wrestling. They had their NJPW Ring of Honor Honor Rising shows at Corrigan Hall this past weekend. Fun, fun shows to cover. But it was on Friday and Saturday, so I did that last week. Uh, they had uh, Tanahashi, Okada, and Jay Lethal going against the Kingdom. That was the main event for the first night. Uh, they had the Gorillas Destiny defeat Evil Sonata on Saturday to become the five-time IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. Really, really cool to see that. It was nice to see Marty Scroll wrestle, uh, as always. But I found it interesting, as you heard at the beginning of the show, that Marty Scroll was wrestling a young lion. Um, I don't know what the future holds for Mark Scroll now that he's not part of the Bullet Club anymore. He's uh, now running Villain Enterprises, and he's he doesn't have the Young Bucks or Kenny Omega to have his back. Uh, the, this year for 2019 is really big for Mark Scroll. He could really make a big, big name for himself that he already is. And I'm very curious to see what his future holds uh, going forward. Um, other stuff that stood out to me from the Honor Rising shows, I really enjoyed the Will Ospreay Dalton Castle match, and also their follow up tag team match they had with Jeff Cobb and Hiroki Goto. Uh, that was a really good tag team match. Nice to see Cole Cabana make his New Japan Pro Wrestling debut. That was always nice. Cole Cabana has always been one of my favorite wrestlers, uh, being a, a local Chicago product. I have a certain bias for his cult, of course, but uh, <laughs> we'll leave it there. Uh, so it was nice to see Cole Cabana wrestle there. And it was just a fun show overall, you know. Um, both Honor Rising shows uh, Friday and Saturday were really good. I thought it was better than last year's offering. But uh, anytime New Japan and Ring of Honor mix it up with each other, it, it's it's cool. I, I enjoy covering their matches. I enjoy watching and covering their shows. And uh, obviously we got the G1 Supercard coming up very, very soon at Madison Square Garden. And they have one match almost already determined. The Briscoes against the Gorillas of Destiny at MSG. Winner takes all title for title. Both Ring of Honor and IWGP heavyweight tag team titles will be on the line. The Briscoes against the Grills of Destiny. That's going to be a barn burner, baby! And they also said the main event of the G1 Supercard is the winner of the 2019 New Japan Cup, which you truly will be covering Again, this year on ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. So keep on the lookout on the website. I am covering the New Japan Cup again, and I'm very, very excited to do so. It's going to be a lot of fun. I had a good time covering it last year. There's some really, really interesting matches that I'm going to bring up to you right now. So I'm pulling up the reference sheet I made for the website. Um, 
Yeah, the 2019 New Japan Cup. Uh, it's a good time to talk about this right now because obviously Adam was really busy earlier and he didn't have the opportunity to talk about everything that we needed to talk about the week of wrestling. So here's my opportunity, folks. So we got the brackets out already. So we know who's fighting who, but here's like some of the interesting match lines that we have. So, for example, on the Friday, we have Nagata against Ishii. Now, me being a big Ishii mark and seeing him go against Nagata, that makes me get excited. Because my Tyree figure is ready to go. Other standout matches. Hey, Okada versus Michael Elgin in the first round. Will Osprey against Bad Luck Fale. How about this match on March 10th, the day of Fastlane? Look at this lineup. You got Kota Ibushi against Naito, Evil against Zack Sabre Jr., Hiroshi Tanahashi against Shota Umino, and Hiroshi Tenzan against uh, opponent to be determined later. Unfortunately, David Finley suffered a shoulder injury uh, during the On Rising shows, and he's going to be uh, missing the tournament, which really, really sucks. Uh, Monday, March 11th, has Maccabi against uh, Cole Cabana. Excited for that match. Hiroki Goto against Sanada. That's going to be a lot of fun. And Minoru Suzuki against Satoshi Kojima. Two veterans just being the ever-loving you-know-what of each other. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch and transcribe. So I'm going to keep you guys updated as more matches get announced with the undercard matches for those particular events on the website. But yes, I am excited to cover the 2019 New Japan Cup. The winner of this tournament will take on JY at Master Square Garden in the main event of the G1 Super Card Show. So that's my thoughts on what's going on in New Japan Pro Wrestling right now. They announced, uh, they didn't announce, they dropped a new video. They had this series um, for AEW where they're building up the storylines and the backstory for Double or Nothing. And Chris Jericho's talking about his impact and why people are interested in AEW. And it's because of him and all that interesting stuff. Um, one main takeaway I took away from the last couple weeks of news is that I don't think Undertaker's wrestling at WrestleMania this year. I don't. Unless something comes out of the blue and he fights AJ Styles, I'll be surprised. But I, I this may be the year that Undertaker doesn't wrestle at WrestleMania. And the last time that happened was WrestleMania 2000? Yes. WrestleMania 2000 was the last WrestleMania that The Undertaker didn't wrestle at. So we'll see what happens um, in the coming weeks. Uh, congrats to DX and the Honky Talk Man, the first two entries for this year's class of the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, speaking of wrestling in WWE, I want to send a special shout out to Sky Sports who are doing a wonderful contest where on Twitter where they pick two, they'll pick a random Twitter account and two people will get the opportunity to travel to New York for WrestleMania weekend and get tickets to access the Hall of Fame, NXT TakeOver New York and WrestleMania 35 uh, and $500 in hotel spending money. Uh, I nominated myself and, of course, the good brother Adam, obviously, for us to get the trip. So, wish us luck. <laughs> I, I hope it would really, really work out with us because I really do want to go to New York and um, see some of my good friends out there. And I haven't been to New York in a very, very long time. And 
I enjoy these WrestleMania's. I really, really do. It's been uh, a lot of fun to attend the last couple of years. I went to WrestleMania 33 in Orlando. I went to last year's with Brother Carter at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Uh, I, I talked about it at Nauseam a couple of years ago. I went to uh, Santa Clara for WrestleMania 31. Uh, this year would be my fifth WrestleMania attending as a fan. Um, and I, I made a little process. I wanted to attend every WrestleMania before I got signed to the WWE. And that's still a goal I hope to make happen uh, sooner rather than later. But um, before we get to the conversation with Adam, there's something wrestling related that I wanted to talk about. And I touched a l- on this a little bit on my IG story. The posts are deleted now because I wanted to save it for the podcast. Um, you know, in the past we talked about like, you know, my perspective on a lot of wrestling fans just being negative for negative stakes and... I realize it's more of a, a reality of the fact that us as a society, we're too reactionary to certain things about life. Anything that happens that comes in front of our face, we need the instant reaction. And if it's something that doesn't fit reality, our reality, we need to question it and understand why. Why is this happening? Why is that happening? Why is this? How oh, this could have been done differently? Yada, yada, yada. And a lot of that mindset stems from what happened at 9-11. A lot of people were led astray for that whole situation, uh, for the original 9-11 attacks. A lot of people have uh, made conspiracy out the conspiracy theories out of the whole situation where it, it, if that's a work, I kind of subscribe to that theory as well as I did a project on 9-11 uh, in high school. But we're not here to talk about 9-11, we're here to talk about wrestling. Basically, my issue is that we're too reactionary to things going on. For example, anytime there's a wrestling show going on Monday nights and Tuesday nights, it's usually a three-hour or two-hour bitchy contest of reactionary, of giving your instant hot takes on every segment of every episode of Raw and SmackDown each week. And I think we're the more the weeks go by, the more we lose perspective and context of what's going on with these feuds because we want to get our hot takes out there and assuming what angles are and what's not, instead of actually letting the story play out. And, you know, that's the reason why we have these episodes every single week. And as a guy who's done podcasting for the last six years, you know, I had to balance that issue because, you know, we got to promote our show. How are you guys going to listen to our podcast, right? We got to use social media. We need social media penetration to expand our reach for our show. Uh, we need Instagram. We need um, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, all these different accounts where you share your podcast and get your name out there. And social media, in a lot of ways, is a good marketing tool, but in a lot of ways, it's not the essential tool to get your name out there for podcasts, at least in my opinion, because... Um, for me, like, if I put my thoughts on every single little thing that happened on Raw or SmackDown as it was happening live or pay-per-view, why would you want to listen to our show? Like, seriously, like, why would you want to listen to what we have to say when you already know how I feel about a certain topic? And it's kind of how I feel when I listen to a lot of other wrestling shows where it's like, okay, I know your stance on this. <laughs> now, here's you repeating it to me and talking around about it like you're the smartest person in the room just to just illustrate the same point that you brought up on Twitter. I think it's redundant. I think it's useless, to be honest with you. That's why sometimes I read just save my thoughts on the shows for 
here, when we record it. So you get the authentic first-hand reaction of what's going on and my thoughts as far as wrestling is concerned. Now, you don't have to agree with everything I have to say, and I'm perfectly fine with that. But I think it would be better for us as a fan base, if we're not so reactionary, take a step and realize you don't have to press set to every little thing that pops in your head when it comes to the angle. Just because you don't understand what's going on with a certain angle on a show, that exact moment doesn't mean you won't find out the reason why the week after. Or even later on in that show. And that's the point I want to bring up here. I think we're just too reactionary. And it's not even a cynical thing, because... Honestly, and I mentioned this before in the past, like, when I was on the pipe bomb... Like, too many times we come on here and just let other people dictate our points of view in the shows. You want, you're listening to Who's Podcast and you want to listen to myself and Adam Daly. You don't want me copping off everything that Wade Keller says or Adam copping off whatever somebody else said on another show, you know, right? You know, right? Like, this is our show. We have fun recording it each week and we give our authentic opinion. And yeah, we're more, po- more positive than other people, but. I think what separates us from a lot of other podcasts is that we're not coming out with an edge and saying, oh, this is fucking stupid, yada, yada, and cursing around three words just to make make ourselves look cool or be like, oh, yeah, this is stupid, yada, yada, yada. Like, we're not saying things just to say things. You know, whether you agree with something I say or Adam says, just know that you're getting our authentic thoughts from ourselves. We're not scripted. We're not going off a format. This is authentic conversation. You are listening to me right now, and I hope you feel like I'm sitting next to you having a conversation about professional wrestling. And that's the ultimate goal for this show, to have fun, make it a feel like we're talking in the back porch, drinking like water or something, or Gatorade, because I'm, I'm, I'm straight edge. But you get the point. <laughs> like We're in the back porch, hanging out, having a good time talking about professional wrestling. So that's basically the goal of this. And honestly, you know, and we have our reflective episode that we're going to do in a couple weeks. And it's going to be a very important episode. And I'm going to share some of the mistakes I made along the way while doing this over the last six years. You know, I haven't been perfect at this. But I strive to be the best I can be every single week and give you the best shows. And whether you agree or disagree with my stance on certain angles or the fact that I'm more positive than other podcasters. Uh, that's fine, but um, one thing you always get when you listen to Who's Podcast is the 100% authentic opinion of Joshua Adam Lopez. So, that's all I gotta say about it. So, again, um, I want to thank you all for the support that you've been giving us this podcast. I know things were kind of rough for both of us uh, when we made our exit from the NAI network and... Um, uh, kind of got blackballed a lot of the way. Uh, lost uh, touch with a lot of people in that particular community. And it's been kind of hard continually trying to build this particular brand. Um, of the Who's Pockets, but we're making the best out of it. And I'm having a blast doing this show. I love recording it each week. I think, humbly speaking, as a wrestling fan, I would listen to this type of show. And um, I hope you're enjoying it too. I really do want to get your authentic thoughts on this podcast. Anything changes you like to hear or anything like that, I'm always open to constructive criticism. But I want to get your guys' thoughts on the podcast. Do you enjoy it? And if not, tell me why. I'd love to know why. So that's the monologue this week. Right now, you're going to hear a backstage interview that Kevin Owens did from this past week's SmackDown Live. On the other side of the break, 
you'll hear the one and only Adam Daly right here on the Hoots Podcast. Kevin Owens, what a whirlwind of a night for you. You just defeated the man who you will be taking on in less than two weeks at Fastlane and all this after not even being in the ring since last October. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to address something that a lot of people have an issue with, and it's the fact that I'm taking Kofi Kingston's place in this match at Fastlane after he more than earned his spot in that match. And that's totally fair. Look, I'm not blind. I'm not deaf. I've been watching for the last five months. But more importantly, I've been watching for the last two weeks, and I've seen this phenomenon. I've, I've seen it happen. You know, they call it Kofi Mania. Every year I talk about WrestleMania being KO Mania. It seems like the road to WrestleMania right now is it's Kofi Mania. And look, he deserves that title match at Fastlane. He does. But the thing is, I negotiated this with Mr. McMahon. He, first of all, he came to me, which was as much a surprise to me as it was to anybody else watching tonight. The thing is, I would be crazy to turn that down no matter how much Kofi Kingston deserves it. I got a family at home, I have a wife, I have two kids that, uh, uh, so five months, I spent the last five months with them. It's the longest time I've had, I can't. Anyway, look, I, I, I spent the last five months with them. I'm not going to, you know, I recovered from my surgeries. I recovered from my knee injuries, but it's very hard to leave my house when they're there. For the, Like, I've been there every day for the last five months for the first time since, uh, you know, my kids have been born. So I, I wouldn't leave my house if it wasn't for something that's worth it. And, of course, WWE is worth it. What I do every single night when I'm in the ring is worth it. But that title opportunity is the icing on the cake. And uh, I'd be crazy not to take it. So as much as I respect Kofi Kingston, I'm taking that title at Fastlane. And I don't care who's got a problem with it because I'm bringing it back to my kids and my wife. And I'm sure Kofi will get an opportunity down the line and he'll be able to do the same eventually. But it won't be taking it from me because at Fastlane, I'm winning that title. I'm becoming WWE champion. I'm turning this whole place into the Kevin Owens show once again. Why? Because I'm Kevin Owens. Welcome back, everybody, to the Hoots Podcast. Hope you enjoyed those brief and emotional comments from Kevin Owens returning to the WWE after this past week's SmackDown Live. I am now joined by the good brother of all good brothers, the one and only Adam Daly. What's going on, my man? Josh, what it is. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, apologize. It's like such a crazy, crazy busy day, busy week. It's uh, it's just one of them, uh, one of them, them adult days, I guess, you know adulting which which by the way is the older i get i realize how really really ridiculous uh we right. sound going i adulted today like yeah we're supposed to like this is we yeah. live in childish <laughs> childish society um and and the older i get the more the more i realize how how mis- you know so again i know i'm being an ageist on here and i don't know where our you know our age range the the age range of our fan base is um but yeah that's just something i picked up on today Right. We don't get any extra credit for doing what we got to do. Uh, no, people like think that just because you go work a job, you need your ass kissed. It's like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> I used to I used to be like Kofi's original character. I had like six job, man. I was a fucking Jamaican. Um, uh, speaking of adulting. Um, only in Living Color fans, we're going to get that joke. God I, damn it. That was a good show, age. by the way. I have aged. 
that was a great show back then. I, I remember that show a lot. Um, I wanted to mention this little tattoo story um, uh, that happened on Monday. Excellent. So a drunk guy came in uh, right around his mid-40s. Uh, he came in and he's like, I could tell right before he uh, came into the shop that he was drunk. Obviously, our store is open to midnight on Mondays, and our doors are open, and we got flashy-ass blue lights <laughs> in, in the uh, front part of the building for you to come in and know that we're open. This dude's knocking on the window. <laughs> like, we got the door locked. And it's just me and my other uh, guy that works in the shop, Vin, the tattoo artist. And, like, yeah, we're open. Come on in, man. <laughs> and he's like, he, he's slumbering over his words. He's like, hey, man, I had wrist surgery today. You know, I was thinking of getting a dragon tattoo on the same wrist. He got surgery the same day. Um, <laughs> To each his own, but that tattoo went on for almost three hours, and the fact that he wanted to get a tattoo and the alcohol or whatever he consumed before coming to the shop must have got him enough adrenaline to go through that. So <laughs> that's something I wanted to share with you guys. I, I don't know why would I want to get a tattoo after <laughs> surgery, especially on the same part of your injury. I don't know. Um, well, you know what? I mean, sometimes people – like it's a – I don't know. I, I actually, it's weird because I can see it in a way. I understand it. Um, yes, we do ridiculous things as humans, you know, uh, but I, I do, I guess I, I, I could see it. I could see it. it right. For me, it would, it would, it would honestly depend on what it was. And I know now it sounds like I'm being just like a tattoo, like, like a, like a, like a prick about it, but it would depend on like what it was, how it was done and like what they were really expecting out of it. I don't know. And that makes right. me sound like a, like a snob, but <laughs> um, and it's not for it's not a thing with me where I want to judge guys. Just like I don't know why I would want to get a tattoo after surgery. Like I can understand you want to get the date of your kids when they're born, or like uh, I know the Rice Squad talking about they got tattoos in the back of their uh, neck uh, for when they debut. Uh, AJ did that when she uh, won the Divas title here. I think, yeah, that payback show, yeah. she had yep. the tattoo. It was what, June 13th? Uh, was uh, Father's 16th. Day. Yeah, it's Father's Day. Mm-hmm. I remember that show. Um, yeah, so I, I, I get a lot of wackos. Uh, some people think they could mess around the uh, prices. I said this before because uh, who are current presidents right now, they think they could dictate uh, tattoo prices. But um, um, well, You know what's funny, though, Josh, is like <laughs> most, like, all the stories between, you know, behind a lot of my tattoos, most, I mean, every, every tattoo has a story. It should have a story. If yeah. it doesn't have a story, then I don't, then you really didn't want to get that tattoo. You know, it's, but there, there yeah, this guy didn't have, this guy didn't have a story the other night, but go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, but you know, I mean, people will probably think minor and some of mine are ridiculous. So, I mean, I do have a, a quarter sleeve that's like dedicated to the band tool. So, you know, I mean, that's. Uh, some people would probably, and there is, you know, there's meaning and differences behind it and different things behind it. But, right. um, you know, a lot of people would, would roll their eyes at that, uh, very heavily uh, and, and probably with good reason, you know, um, no yeah. logos or anything, just, just imagery from, from different albums and stuff like that. All right. Really quick. I want to mention this because we have a lot to get to for this week of WWE. I wanted to talk about, uh, of course we got fast lane coming up a week from this Sunday. Um, I wanted to mention this really quick. Um, 
I found it really funny that um, Bart, Buddy Murphy is like so every year now before WrestleMania they do like this big tournament on 205 Live and whoever wins the tournament gets to fight the Cruiserweight Champion at uh, WrestleMania. They did it a couple years ago with Austin Aries uh, when he fought Neville. Um, it came down to a vacant title tournament with uh, Cedric Alexander Mustafa Ali after um, uh, Enzo left the company, I think. Uh, that's when they did that tournament. And then uh, this year, Buddy Murphy is the champion, and he's calling it the Buddy Murphy Classic. I, th- I just thought that was pretty funny. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, Buddy Murphy it, it, sounds like a very classic name. It sounds very like, and I don't, I don't mean classic necessarily in a, in a good way, but it sounds very fifties sitcomish, right? Yeah, it's like look, it's our next door neighbor, Buddy Murphy. <laughs> Come on down. I, I sometimes like I wake up and like I forget that I like have the news on on a certain network, and or the Price is Right is on, or that weird show that Wayne Brady hosts these days will come on. I'm like. Why am I watching this shit? <laughs> like, I don't know how much they pay the people who go into the um, the the studio. They record those shows in, and like, you got to be so energetic for thirty minutes. Like, I can't do it like that. I can't. I can't. Me personally, I can't. I couldn't attend a show like that. I don't know why. It's super, super over top, and I wouldn't expect Wayne Brady to do something like that. But I don't know. <laughs> Okay, so true story, um, and this will reveal um, my mindset in my mid twenties. And this is what I mean, guys. You you learn as you get older, and you realize how you know. But when we went up to WrestleMania twenty two in Chicago, uh, my buddy and I uh, decided we're going to get Jerry Springer tickets because we're in Chicago. <laughs> and uh, it just it fell on. We actually got the tickets because um, they call and like, oh, you're going to be in town. You know, you know how they always have the hotlines at the end of all them stupid shows. Right. And we actually, they, they called me and they're like, Hey, listen, we got the tickets for you guys. If you know, if you still want them, it's just, we flew, I think we flew back Monday. So we couldn't, you know, we couldn't go up to it, but, um, yeah. So it's dude, we were going to go just to be in the circus for one day. There, one of the dudes that's on there and this is, this is just getting deep down a rabbit hole, but you know what? Damn it. This is what we're for. <laughs> if any of you have seen the Jerry Springer show, there's, I'm, I'm from, uh, Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. That's where, you know, it's Hopewell Township, Aliquippa, whatever. Same, basically same thing, little differences. But um, there was a guy on the, on the that was on there for the longest time. Uh, his name's Kenny Easterday. They made a movie about the dude. Um, it's He has some sort of something where he, he's, he doesn't have the lower half of his body. So he was the guy on, on Springer that was always like climbing around just with his, with his hands and stuff like that, just all over the set and stuff like that. That, that's just to give you a peek of the, of the, the crazy, you know, um, circus surroundings that, uh, that Beaver County, you know, I always make fun of the County I come from and like the, that, that's why it's, it's, it's like constant vaudeville. Um, all right, brother, let's get into this because we got uh, some stuff to get to. There's a lot that happened on Raw and SmackDown this week. Um, we talked about it here a couple weeks ago. Like, it's going to be interesting how they were going to intertwine these two pay-per-views in between what's going to start certain feuds or what particular Raw episodes were ever going to start the feuds for WrestleMania. And, like, it came all the way down to Atlanta, which had a big – uh, drastic difference from the Lafayette crowd. By the way, I thought it was kind of funny that they had Pat McAfee uh, basically roast the Lafayette crowd last week on Twitter before Raw started last, uh, the, this past Monday. I don't know if you saw it, but I thought that was pretty funny. I didn't see that, but that's pretty uh, funny. <laughs> um, it, it's not really a surprise. I, I, obviously, Atlanta historically has been one of the 
biggest hotbeds for professional wrestling. So I, I wasn't surprised by the fact that they were now this past Monday. Um, really quick, because uh, I know we got to get to like Batista and all the stuff, but you know, to start the show and we get all the announcements that Roman Reigns is going to pop up and we don't know what his future is, but you know, Roman comes out, starts out the show, awesome reaction from everybody. Uh, very, very emotional moment and opening to the show. Roman announces that he's in remission, which is tremendous news, obviously, uh, dealing with the second bout of leukemia in his young life. Uh, it is, it's really cool. Uh, it was a really nice, touching moment uh, for to hear Joe's voice in a lot of ways instead of just the guy that we only, only know as Roman Reigns, the character. Like, I think you heard a little bit of Joe in that promo that he cut on Monday. And, uh, you know, his mom was in the front row uh, when he came out and shaked everybody's hand. It, it was just a really, really, really nice moment in wrestling. Um, something that we'll remember for a long time. And it was a really cool moment. Um, right now, it's, as far as, like, what he's going to do at WrestleMania or anything like that, that, we're not even at that point right now, but... The fact that he is back and he wants to make awareness out of this whole situation, I think I thought it was really cool what happened on Monday. Yeah, you know what? It's 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 crazy that he's back so soon, but it's good that he's back so soon. You know, um, you know, I, I think that it's one where listen, I, I I am absolutely not a man of faith. Everybody knows that, but I always have supported people in their faith and. You know, I know a lot of people were given the eye rolls or whatever. I'm, I'm sure when you know when he was cutting his promo, but you know what? In that moment, man. I, let that man say whatever the hell is on his mind. You know what I mean? And I thought it was a beautiful thing. Like I, I thought the, the promo was emotional. Um, I thought it was heartfelt, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I do feel that there was a little, you know, it was Joe. It's kind of talking quote unquote. I say that respectfully, you know, it's not like I know the dude, um, but you know, but I, 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 in a way think that maybe, and you know, you never, especially something like leukemia, want to say this, but you know, sometimes time away can help. Um, and, and, and listen, you know, life experiences put things in perspective too. Right. And he just seemed a lot more calm and felt more natural. And just, and it was almost, um, you know, and I'm sure it's soon we're going to have it back to the 50, 50 crowd split, which listen, that's, that's kind of what we yeah. expect from Roman Reigns, right? right? Or else it wouldn't be Roman Reigns. And, and I, I think that I'd be, I'd kind of be upset if we didn't get that split still, you know, and he probably would too, in a way, in a, in a, in a weird twisted way, you know, cause I don't think he, would necessarily want the sympathy cheers, just all the, you know, you know what I mean? Like, because we're, yeah. it's, again, it's nothing, it's nothing personal. It's the characters. It's not the person playing the character. So, um, but I agree, man. I think that like, you know, even cause it was, it was, it was very faith heavy, but at the same time, why not? Why not? And, and I'm not a person of faith, you know? And I know that bothered a lot of people that, that aren't people of faith out there, but to be quite honest, you know, when you're struggling and you're, you're beating and, 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 and leukemia is now in remission, yeah, I, I truly believe you have every right to believe whatever is helping you is helping you. You know, right. so um, no, it was, I thought it was like I said, I thought it was a beautiful promo, man. It was it was everything it needed to be. It was a good return for him. Um, and even even just oh, hold on, I'm gonna mute it because <laughs> oh no, I got another big dog running around here. Yeah, the big dog Piper. Uh, really quick, I, I'll add, I'll add out to it while you're in that situation. Um, for me, like. I always subscribe to the uh, belief of channeling whatever release you need to have to make yourself happy in the process. No matter what it is, whether you're super religious or uh, you need music as a release or you need something like this as a release, anything 
to make you happy and put you in a better state of mind. I always subscribe to that theory. Now, one of those theories is not being a jackass just to make yourself feel better about yourself. But I know also there's times where you can use humor and comedy in ways to make you like in your mind off of other things. So I will always, even if I'm not like religious or anything like that, I'm, I'm not going to begrudge somebody if that's their release to make them happy or feel whole. Uh, in general. Yeah, no, it's listen, I always, I always tell people like, it's, it's a very real thing. Like, I don't, I don't try to disprove people's faith. Like it's, it's absolutely a hundred percent real. You know what I mean? People's, it's your belief system. I, I, you know, um, and when you, when you can speak is what, what I, I how, how's, what's the best way of putting this? Sometimes people do shove it in your face a little bit too much, right? Yeah. He wasn't speaking that way. He was just telling a story about what got him through. And that's where I thought it was like, the, where it was the beauty of it, man. You know, just like there's idiots that like to shove that they like, uh, like they're, they're, they're anti-religious shit down your throat too. Yeah. I mean, like no matter, I'm, I'm so out of all of that. I just would rather just, you know, wars are all, <laughs> there's a lot of wars because of, you know, things like that. So I stay out of it, but, um, there, there's still a lot of stupidity out there. I heard what Dave Meltzer had to say the other day and like, what, why? Uh, oh, it wasn't it, the process of his leukemia wasn't explained uh, well enough for him and just stupid nonsense. Like no, I mean, like with all due respect, it's none. It's nobody's business, but but Joe and, and I'm sorry, I'm not. Roman why? Yeah, yeah, but you know, and I'm sorry, it's um, <laughs> it's no one's business but Roman Reigns. Period. You know, right. um, I was already expecting people to start with the, oh, it was a work the whole time bullshit. That's fucking stupid. I'm sorry. Oh, dude, that's yeah, but you it now, man. That's that's the that's the shame of it. Is that you expect it, and then you see people deliver on it? You Look, know, I, I, we're not we're not dumb. We know wrestling has done things immorally correct, and we love it for the entertainment value, and we still watch it through dumb stuff or things that offend people. Like I, I'm I'm not naive to it. I mean, I listen to rap music. I watch a lot of urban movies, and this is that. Like I, I'm not surprised for certain things, but we're talking about a real life illness and issue and you want to make it a work yeah this i mean this isn't oh, it's iraq all oh, romans back now because uh they need another big star before wrestlemania arrives like come on i just don't I, I don't listen i'm a big i'm a big believer in you don't you don't play with what you don't know so for example um, listen, turn in Sergeant Slaughter into, into Saudi Slaughter or, or whatever was going on. That's, that's one thing. You're yeah. not pretending he has cancer. You know what I mean? Like you don't, I, I don't, I would never, you don't, that's, you just don't do you that. You don't do that as a publicly traded company, period. Well, and, and there you go. Thank you. That's, that's the second layer of it. I mean, there's a moral layer because listen, karma is a motherfucker, you know, and yeah. You know, but on the the second layer is absolutely thank you. It's they're they're, they're a corporately owned company, um, and why would it's just I don't know certain things I do think are a little off limits. You know, this isn't I understand in movies that you know they they tell stories like this, but we also yeah. know that's that's much different than their target audience and whom they know their target audience mainly is. You know, right? There was really nice irony from a storytelling standpoint when uh, Seth Rollins and Roman came down to beat up uh, this new beatdown clan. That's why I'm calling it. Bobby Lashley had a similar group like this in TNA a couple years ago. Uh, it's just like you, know, you got Lashley, 
McIntyre, Elias, and Baron Corbin. All these dudes have had issues one way or another with uh, The Shield or Braun Strowman. Mm -hmm. So I just thought it was some nice irony, the fact that they actually were brought with each other. You know, Roman and Seth clean house. Uh, they look back at Dean while Dean's recovering from his injuries. We know the story about Dean leaving the company in a couple of weeks. I, I just saw some interesting irony from that storytelling point of view. These guys, all eight of them have been feuding with each other one way or another for the last two years. Yeah, and you know what? I will like whatever you want to call them as long as we don't call them any type of clan. I would pre- prefer to stay away from that. Um, but no, <laughs> but um, no, listen, I, you know, I, 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 I liked what they did. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's just, it, it, I'll admit, there, it's after that big opening, it was hard to really know what to do with the rest of the night. Plus with Flair's, you know, birthday at the end of the night. And, and no. they were kind of shoving a lot in, in one show. So we were kind of getting surprised all over the place. Even like it carried over into SmackDown too with some of the some of the surprises we had there. But um, yeah, there's a lot going on right now, and it's keeping people on their toes, which is always a good thing. Right. Um, now all the matches for WrestleMania are determined right now, and that's kind of the fun part of the journey right now to see where things go um, for WrestleMania. Uh, obviously, Fastlane is coming up a week from Sunday, and we'll see what goes on from there. Uh, Bruce Pritchard is back in the company, I heard, so congrats to Bruce. Uh, he's back on a creative team, so we'll see what he brings to the table. Um, I wanted to say this, uh, other stuff that stood out to me from Raw, um, really, really enjoyed the Riot Squad match with Ronda Rousey and Natalia mm-hmm. on Monday. Uh, before Becky Lynch came out with her um, Kill Bill outfit, that's I love it. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, Kill Bill got arrested. Like flash, except yeah, she got arrested, and then you know her and Rosie are trading more barbs at each other on Twitter, which is getting more and more personal and more intense. Uh, it's been some good stuff. Uh, basically, Rhonda said that Becky had a fake arm bar, and her arm bar looks like she's trying to hold the dick that she wants all along. And then uh, wow. <laughs> Becky uh, responded back with a picture of uh, Ronda Rousey's husband. Uh, uh, I <laughs> you get the point. <laughs> my um, <laughs> what am I missing on? Maybe I did duck out of social media at the wrong time. My God. Um, it, it's lethal Twitter game right now, man. Christ, the women are doing it better than the men, and we always knew. Um, you know what? I, here's one thing I'm going to say. I, if I, just to kind of put some icing on that cake, yeah. I really enjoyed um, the arrest segment. I really enjoyed Ronda kind of like just just getting pissed off, grabbing the mic, and then just you know throwing the belt down. Right. I, I enjoy where they're going with this, you know. And I know it's I know it's upsetting people, just like with with something else we're going to talk about later on down the line. But yeah. you know what? I I don't know, man. I like that. I don't want to say wrestling started to become either everybody was on the same page or everybody hated it or everybody loved it. Or, you know, it was always either a love fest or a hate fest or a love fest or a hate fest. And right now they're doing so much to where it it might feel a little clunky, but like you said, everyone's kind of staying on their toes and there are certain feuds that I think it's really helping out immensely. And, and, and the Becky Lynch feud with Rhonda and Charlotte I think is the one that's paying off the most. And like you said, the social media, their social media game has been, has been on point from 
what you've told me, other things. Um, just, you know, how they keep having her come, you know, come in when, you know, unexpectedly, even though we kind of know she's probably, you know. And I just think that people don't want to play the waiting game, Josh. That's all. I think people for seven, eight straight weeks wanted just Rhonda and Becky. And, you know, and I don't necessarily know if – I don't know. I've well, never let's been let's the, the eight-week storytelling yeah. mode. You know what I mean? I, th- I feel like you need extra speed bumps and extra chapters in there, mini, like little mini chapters. Right. Let me, let me ask everybody this that's listening to this right now. If you knew all the story plots for a, like, a particular movie or all the dialogue for like a series on Netflix, right, before it aired, would you still be hyped for it before it airs? Like, if you wanted all the storyline reasons and all the full match card for WrestleMania, all 16 matches of WrestleMania this year, right, um, would you still be hyped for it? Would you want to wait another five to six weeks before the show came on air? Mm-hmm. Well, and you know what, Josh? Here's the and the, the irony is um, when you look at movies, especially the ones that are adapted from you know comic books or or book ad, you know book adaptations, different things like that. Um, yeah. You absolutely get the critics right away. Well, that's not how it was in the book. That's not how it was in the comic, or that's not right. exactly. And it's <laughs> like, well, yeah, because they're trying to blend like eighty different comics into one movie. You know, it's and sometimes it just doesn't blend well. Um, so I, I do, you know what, man? I do think we live in a cynical society. We do. It's 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 become. No, I, I, it's not cynical. I think we're too reactionary these days. Oh, that's a good one too. I, I, I talked. I talked about this uh, the other day, uh, and I, I talked a little bit about this at the beginning of the podcast. We crave too much of impulse reaction. Yes. Honestly, I don't think everybody needs to know what's going through my mind or your mind at the same time. Like, uh, I put this out uh, on Instagram yesterday. Like, if I had my thoughts on every single segment from all the shows like they do on Twitter every Monday and Tuesday. Why would anybody want to listen to our show? Right. The day after or later on the week, right. you're no I'm going to say right. <laughs> like, right. I, I don't know. I don't, I, it's, we're too reactionary to things that we don't have full context on. Well, and I think it's, it, it goes back to everybody's got to be, um, it's not even just pa- you know passion for something anymore. It's become we've become just fanatic, uh, fanatical beings in general, and we always were. You know, it's it's yeah. it's animalistic by nature to to be this way. Um, but we, we aren't like that. You know, it only became this way. You know, and I and I hate to keep always trying to back in until social media really linked everyone together, because then that's when everybody could just kind of go off into their own tribes. You know what I mean? And there and everybody has their own crew, and everybody has their own their own thinking bubble, and that's where everybody has stayed. I think the biggest problem, Josh, right now is I don't think people because of the internet, everybody thinks they're know it alls, and nobody. Everybody thinks that, well, you know what? I can do whatever I want. And, and there's just this selfish – there is a very selfish – listen, as much as love it or hate it, we're always a reflection of our leader. Yeah. And whether you love him or hate him, I mean you can't deny that he's a selfish man. And we've become a very selfish country. Like it, it's, it's hit people that – like close to me that it's like, wow. Yeah. Well, look, you know what I mean? Like it's, look, it's nuts, man. Yeah. Look, look at his go-to thing when it comes to all issues, right? Point out the issue but do nothing to change it. Yeah, no, it's, like, it's easy it's, to point out things that you want to be changed, but what are you going to do about it? And it, well, and I think the problem, Josh, is that you know we it, it's 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 become like we've and you know not, we're not going to beat this horse anymore, but yeah. because of social media, 
um, again, everyone always has their high horse about it. Like I said, like if, if like Dave Meltzer has to like, like if he feels for some reason, and he's doing it just to stir up, com- you know, conversations so that we talk about him and, 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 and people have to go look at how, you know, how he looks again, once again, like he's the second step on the, the evolution of man chart. But, um, it's it's just ridiculous to think that anybody right now can say anything, do anything, and uh, and even I don't know. There there is this, and there, and I'll admit there. I do believe, and you know, younger younger listeners, I apologize. I think you guys really do. Like, I never really thought this until about the past year or so. But there there is a little toughening up that this country needs to do. Um, there is like I, I'm not gonna like sit here like snowflake like that that type of bullshit. But mm-hmm. there there's. There's a lot of really, really, really um, immature, like just, just again, selfish. That's what happens when, when it's one, once, uh, uh, once society becomes selfish, though, like it was in the 80s and it was more self serving than anything else. Um, that's when irresponsibility kicks in, you know? And I think that's where ego also kicks in. And that's why, Josh, we're tying this into wrestling talking about the wrestling card. So I, dude, I actually don't think it matters anymore. I think you could give them the best, we could give fans the best WrestleMania that they would ever, ever, ever have. I mean, you could like think of, bring people back from the dead, have hologram Tupac perform, get like all kinds of shit going. People would still complain. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just, it's just the way it is now, man. There's something that Vince McMahon's been saying the last couple weeks that I think is very pertinent to what we're talking about right now. That's, Knowing your role and staying in your lane. Stay in your lane, baby. Yeah. Know what life's about. Be an adult, you know? Um, You brought up a certain word earlier that I want to get to in a couple minutes, but I have to say this. Leah Rush ruined a a really good chance of a waterfall moment this week on Raw, and I want to give Grace (laughs) hitting it at the same time. I was, You know where I'm going with this. Uh, He took the belt off, man. (laughs) <laughs> um, Leo Rush interrupting this interaction that Finn Balor and Alexa Bliss were having on Moment Bliss is like, ah, oh. it, it pissed me off in a way, but it was good heat in a lot of ways too. Like it was just good time when he came out. It was and brilliance, then, yeah. yeah. And endless and, and Graves was once again Corey Graves is the perfect man, like yeah. you know, for that. He's playing that role so perfectly, mm-hmm. um, and selling the shit out of that segment. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I thought Leo and um, Finn Balor had a good match as well on Monday. Uh, go back to the word you mentioned earlier, animalistic. We got to talk about Batista right now. Dun, 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 dun. How great was Blue Tista? Note the blue glasses, blue yeah. piercing. It was phenomenal. Blue Tista, man. I shouldn't say phenomenal because I know. Here we go. Oh, no, AJ says it's phenomenal because all the internet marks got to do, you know? Um, yeah. No, dude, I love I, – I'll admit, I didn't see it coming, man. I popped. AJ and I were sitting here. We're like, oh, we both started screaming. Just like it was, it was a really, um, you know what, man? And it's funny, man. For for as much as I don't really talk about like Batista matches or or, or even like some like pro, and like I, in hindsight, a lot of my biggest wrestling pops have been related to Batista in some way. Right. They really have, man. And like, so it was really good to see him back. I'm excited for this, and I do love that he said, "Do I have your attention now?" Right. Exactly. You know, this is really cool for me as well like I, this is my teenage year years where Batista and Triple H were having a rivalry with each other during the ruthless aggression era it was one of my favorite rivalries during that era actually mm-hmm. uh, if anybody hasn't seen like Batista and Triple H's held the cell match 
from Vengeance 2005. It's one of the best Hell to Cell matches you'll ever see. Like it, Batista and Triple H had a phenomenal rivalry. Triple H brought Batista to the marquee with Evolution. Uh, it's just. It's it's awesome, you know. We talked about it when uh, Batiste showed up for SmackDown 1000 last year, and they had that little thing where like Batiste is like, "Oh, Triple H done everything in the business, but beat me." And then full circle back, I they put they put, they brought this out on Twitter. That was a good point. Like uh, Batiste was wearing like red glasses on SmackDown and blue. Only <laughs> <laughs> the internet. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> now that I do like, that's some funny shit right there. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I, I do like that. See, the internet is a good thing too. That's why if we could just stop just being assholes, um, right? You know, that's but dude, I'm 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 excited for this now because this is obviously you know, and you know what? This was I thought this was a nice twist too because did you ever really expect them to not have the nature out there? I had a, I had a feeling that okay. it was going to be there. I really did, and I kind of forgot that Atlanta was a big hub for movie making. Like I forgot oh, that they yeah. on there. Yeah, man, Atlanta is huge right now. A lot Atlanta. of people talk about like, oh, the Rock's going to show up. <laughs> that dude hasn't been on a live WWE television show since WrestleMania 32, I think. And you know what? I want to give kudos too to Steph. Uh, HBK, Triple H, uh, you know, not that they need fucking kudos from little old me, but right. they, they, again, they sold that real well too. Like, you know, right. like Steph looking concerned, like, is he coming out? Like, where is he? You know? Um, and I want to say, so I was thinking about it this week. I don't, I really don't know as much as people don't want to give Stephanie McMahon credit. Um, cause, uh, AJ was, we finished all the edge and, edge and Christian series. And then she went into WWE countdown, went to the dangerous divas and we kind of went from there. Long story short. I don't, you know, and some of my friends I've been talking to lately, they've been saying like, it's, it's, I'm glad that they're not over, you know, they're not really over sexualizing women like they used to do. Right. Um, now with all of that being, you know, all of that being said, I don't necessarily know if, and I'm going to take a lot of heat for the statement without Stephanie McMahon and the Stephanie McMahon on screen character, we don't have Eve Torres as a general manager. We don't have potentially Vicky Guerrero as a general manager. We, we don't have AJ Lee as general manager. Right. We potentially don't have the women's evolution. You know, I, I don't think we give Stephanie enough credit on the entertainment side. You know, just because she hasn't wrestled as much, her character, she's been a strong female lead for a very long time. And I think, I don't really think people give her the credit that she truly deserves. When you look at like the, the big, like four or five characters, uh, like wrestling or not wrestling related over the last five years. Think about it. You got Paul Heyman, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon. Um, we want to throw there. Seth Rollins, Biz. No, I mean, like you're seeing uh, like over what, like over how long? Just overall from both shows, you know, the oh, stuff. like right now. No, I, I, I'm, t- I'm talking about general, like, Big pitch wise, like you look at the most important characters that affected so many different feuds and oh, right. opportunities, okay. like Paul Heyman, Stephanie McMahon, Triple H. Yeah. I, I you can add whoever you want to the list, but especially Stephanie, like you said, she's played such a big part. Uh, mm-hmm. Where you people are legitimately pissed at her, like to the point last year at WrestleMania, Ronda Rousey. 
Kurt Angle and Triple H Stephanie had, in my opinion, one of the best matches of the show. And it was the loudest reaction out of the entire show. Absolutely. Because they wanted to see Stephanie get her ass kicked. Mm -hmm. And she's done such a good job as a bad bad guy character. And I I talked about this last week. Like, because a certain character annoys you or pisses you off, they're doing their job right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe her right, cadence, yeah. maybe her cadence, and just the tone of her voice doesn't appeal to you. And she's a McMahon and all the other hoopla that comes with their narratives. But you can't say Stephanie has not had an impact on this particular era of the WWE. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, when to get to the last topic here, and I'll get our our, our guest in here. Yes, yeah, so I wanted to say like, one last yeah. thing about the Batista thing. Um. You know, it, just looking back at it, it's the, what really told me on Monday is that Undertaker is not going to be part of WrestleMania this year. Uh, Batista and Triple H is this full timer match, the, the part time match that's happening at WrestleMania this year. And I'm fine with it. You know, we know the heat that goes in between both of these guys. The whole face or heel dynamic really doesn't matter to me in this equation because we know who is and who's not. I don't think anything else in between is going to get away with that. So, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that Batista shows up to the Raw in Chicago in a couple of weeks that I'm going to be at because uh, it'll be nice to see him perform again in person. But either way, um, it, I'm, I'm happy this is going down. I have to say this really quick about SmackDown. Our truth is a future first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what you want to go over his resume. What, that promo he was coming out about John Cena being his hero from his little mm-hmm. tiny days was some of the funniest shit I've heard this entire year. Oh, yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, so now and, – and now here's where I'm going to stop you. Whoops. Uh, I muted my mic mid-sentence because my dog was about to bark. So I'm, I got to stop you because now it's daily stop time. And you know what? It's been kind of fun the past couple of weeks, and there's a certain topic, a certain someone wanted to talk about, and we saved this for last. Uh, obviously, there's some uh, some disenchanted people about the Kofi Kingston situation uh, with Kevin Owens coming in and, and taking his championship spot, right. and one of them is my daughter. So AJ, <laughs> uh, let's dive into it, babe. We got we got a couple minutes. Okay. Um, here's your spot. Listen, we're, we we might start giving you if 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 the listeners, if if the people, as they say, <laughs> I don't like to say fans because you know nobody. Yeah. Should, you know, number one, I have fans. You want to have like mutants. yeah, you know, you want to have you yeah. you want to have a great great audience. You want to have just great people that that you just share an stuff audience. with. There you go. Yeah. So so you have an audience out there that might want to hear from you. So. Okay. What what like so t- you said you wanted to talk about Kofi and, and and KO in that situation? So give it to us, man. Like what's 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 going on? Um, well, what I wanted to talk about is that I liked how they brought Kevin Owens in like that, and and I also kind of don't like it how they took away Kofi's Kofi's chance on like doing in his own like getting the universal title or whatever that one or the is. WWE title the WWE the recycled title yeah as we call it like, <laughs> um the basically one of the bigger ones because he's never got to have one of those I don't think so you're I, correct on that yes and I can and I kind of want him to be able to get that and so that I kind of. It sucks in that way, but I also like how they brought Kevin Owens in. So you kind of liked you 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 liked, liked it, but you you felt bad for Kofi. I loved it, but I hated it. You loved it, but you hated it. Ooh, There's so they balance in there. 
And that's exactly what they want you to do. They kind of want to get you on both sides of it. So, well, let me ask you this question. Um, and, and as we're going to have a little round table, I guess, discussion, because as we're going with this, do you think Kofi still might get in for WrestleMania somehow? Like, do you think this is just to make the fans mad or do you think that they might do a triple threat? Okay. I, I feel like maybe at fast lane or at WrestleMania. Either one. I mean, I'm not really sure. Either one. So you're you think a triple threat is looming somewhere down the line? Yes. Hmm. Josh, what say you, sir? Um, I don't think that it's gonna be a, a triple threat. Just me personally, I don't know why every year uh, there's always like a WWE time match that needs to have like a triple threat. Just yeah. like I screwed over. Like every year it happens. Um, the card, I get it. Uh, I'll say this though, I, it was. It was really, really cool they brought about. And I have a partial bias. AJ, you don't know this, but Kevin Owens, my current favorite WWE superstar, says CM Punk's not wrestling anymore. <laughs> uh, so I was happy that he came back and just how like, annoyed that Big E and Xavier Woods were. Yep. And uh, I, I thought it was great. I thought, you know, Byron Saxon did a really good job tapping into, like, the fans are, like, super disappointed that Kofi got his spot taken away from him. Did he notice that, Adam? Yeah, I, I thought everyone, and that's another segment where, again, team players, I think everybody did their job and sold this this entire segment well. They sold it really well. And I, listen, I popped for, for KO. I did. Um, you know, I think we all, you know, quasi did. Daniel Bryan was was great, just stoic as hell the entire time, you know. Um, but I, I do. I think that I I actually do think that Kofi still gets into WrestleMania, into a title match at Wrestle, into that title match at WrestleMania. I think this is just to sway the fans for for a second. Right. Think about it. we went from Kofi Mania to KO Mania. Right. So we took the F and I out, obviously. Right. Um, now, <laughs> go ahead, you, while we have while we have our guests, let's ask her one more question. And uh, what did you think of Batista's return? I liked it. Did you? Yeah. But also, are you sure Flair didn't die of laughing gas? Joker's <laughs> laughing gas. He was laughing. I think he was dead as well. I yeah. think he got sprayed with laughing gas. Yeah, well, he was, yeah, he kind of had a smile on his face a little bit. But hey, you know. He was I, laughing. Maybe it's maybe when you're older, a grimace sometimes looks like a smile, I guess, you know. <laughs> yeah, he was probably excited that he was going to be involved in another, like, physical angle while he's still around. You know what I mean? He was probably might have had too many uh, flare teenies before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's crazy how many celebrities were at his like birthday, his actual birthday party over the weekend, dude. They had like Todd Gurley, Charles Barkley, all these different yeah. athletes. So, Rick Flair is gonna be remembered for a long time. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, AJ, anything else you'd like to talk about as far as uh, as far as this week goes? I don't know. Becky getting arrested? Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> let us know. Let us hear it. I don't think Becky was actually put in jail. You don't think? No. What gave it away? Well, WWE just writes says They don't actually go to jail. Obviously. obviously. Just like it, when <laughs> Stephanie, Stephanie McMahon went to jail, she didn't actually go to jail. She didn't? No, no way. That's yeah. all just hmm. writing and a script and all that. Obviously. Did you like it, though? Yes. Do you, do you like when they do the arrest storylines? Yes. 
I also like um, how Ronda Rousey just dropped the title and Stephanie and uh, Triple H did just not know what to do. They just mm-hmm. didn't know what to do whatsoever. So everything the internet hates, you liked, it seems like. Yes. Okay, cool. Absolutely. That's what it sounds like. Awesome. Well, we listen. We thank you. We thank you. We're going to wrap it up, I think, on our end. So Go ahead. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Say your... Say your goodbyes. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> hey, really quick, Ed, I wanted to mention this. Um, like, you remember when Vince had the mugshot T-shirt? What's that? Remember when Vince had the mugshot T-shirt? Yeah, yeah, it was great. That was yeah. so good. <laughs> Would you get one if they had the uh, the fake Becky mugshot? Uh, Probably, but there are so many Becky shirts I want right now. There's so many Marty and Becky shirts that I want that it's not even funny. Like it's it, like I could I could get an entire wardrobe out of those two performers right now. Yeah. Well, speaking of Marty, Marty's got, I, seriously, Marty's got like seven shirts I want plus a jacket that's yeah. coming out that looks phenomenal. That dude is making a lot of money right now. Yep. <laughs> yes, he is. I want speaking of Marty, I saw him wrestle the other day. Um, for New Japan, he fought a young lion at um, for the opening match of show, which I thought was interesting. And he caught a big promo about. I'm going to sh- share the beginning of the show this week where he's pissed that he's had having to fight young lions <laughs> on New Japan shows. So I, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, before we wrap this thing up really quick, uh, I wanted to mention a couple things from SmackDown. Um, it was it was really the week of returns. Like it, me and you are big Matt Hardy fans, so it's nice to see him come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had his return on uh, Tuesday, and um, they announced yeah, that was awesome. They announced Mandy Rose is gonna fight Oscar at Fastlane for the SmackDown Women's Title, so that's gonna be really good. And lastly, before we head out of here, this week's podcast, wanted to ask you this. Overall, for the last couple of days from, uh, from program, what, what was the main thing that stood out to you? What was like your favorite moment of the week? Ah, oh, man. You know what? Batista coming back was – I just wasn't expecting it, man. And that's the beauty of staying away from dirt sheets or the internet or, you know, um, just kind of just like, you know, it just just not – just letting the story kind of, t- you know, cause I'll be honest, man. I never in a million years thought that Flair wouldn't at least make it to the ring. You know, I, I, th- I thought something might go down, but I, I just totally forgot about Batista and, and, you know, just cause you know, it, I don't know. I don't know. I just, even though we've talked about it over the past couple of weeks, so maybe that, but again, I keep going back to the, the Becky Rousey stuff kind of, you know, segment. Um, Charlotte, I think also cut a phenomenal promo on, on, yes. uh, SmackDown and, you know, that's something else that, you know, I want to, want to applaud, but mm-hmm. I don't know, man, I thought they were two pretty entertaining shows this week. So, um, you know, I, no complaints on mine. Raw is in Philly next week. Uh, speaking of Philly, Bryce Harper got $330 million for a 13-year contract. I don't know how long that's going to last, but we'll see what happens. Wow. Um, all right, let's 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 put a ribbon on this bad boy, um, ladies and gentlemen. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram at the Hoots Podcast. Follow Adam at Instagram at Adam Daily Thirteen. Uh, do us a favor, please leave us a four or five star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave us your reviews of the show. Let us know what you think about the Hoots Podcast. Um, we're on every single Thursday. I uploaded a throwback thir- uh, throwback Thursday interview uh, uh, last night before I went to bed. Uh, I 
share the interview I did with ACH is one of the new uh, sightings to the WWE Performance Center. Uh, I got to interview ACH when he was like becoming a bigger star during his days during Ring of Honor. It was a fun conversation, so I hope you guys can check that out on the feed. Uh, make sure to bookmark ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. And uh, we'll be back here next week for the Who's Podcast. I'll, I'll keep you guys updated on Twitter when we're going to do our reflective uh, episode where we t- go over our experience of podcasting and all this fun stuff. But I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Thank you, Adam, as always. Oh, brother, it was it was my pleasure listening. Thank you guys for, for listening to, to me ramble for, you know, about 40 minutes there. And, and welcoming my daughter as our new little, uh, our new, new little uh, weekly little correspondent, so. Yes, yes, it's wonderful. Um, for Adam, for AJ, I'm Joshy. Thank you guys so much for checking out episode 145 of the Who's Podcast, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.